Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism and on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister, Sarah Matthews. Biology, A-level topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your weaker topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Okay, episode 61, anaerobic respiration. Mm -hmm. So this ends our little section of episodes on respiration. And we're back in our pod home, Mm -hmm. back under the stairs. It's been many, many, many months. The whole of the summer holidays. Yep. But we're back. We are looking today at if respiration is only anaerobic, then pyruvate can be converted to ethanol or lactate using reduced NAD. The oxidised NAD produced in this way can be used to further glycolysis or be used in further glycolysis. Other respiratory substances include the breakdown of products of lipids and amino acids which enter the Krebs cycle. Respiration without oxygen. That's what we're looking at first. So what do you know about it? Nothing. Nothing. Okay, that's fine. At GCSE, what you would learn is that it tends to be when you're exercising vigorously and not breathing as fast as you can and your heart is pumping a decent rate and you're not just quite getting enough oxygen to your muscles. So just a little bit of anaerobic respiration just to make sure you can produce enough energy quickly enough. We learn that when you're doing that, that you're breaking down the glucose into what we call lactic acid, but also making energy. And it's the lactic acid that builds up in your muscles, causing fatigue. And it's quite toxic as well. So it's important that once you've finished exercising and you're recovering from your exercise, that you still breathe quite deeply. Your heart rate's still quite fast. And it takes you a little minute to recover because you're trying to get oxygen to those muscles to oxidise the lactic acid, break it down. That's what you learn at GCSE and we call that an oxygen debt. And then we also learn that plants and yeast, they carry out anaerobic respiration when they don't have oxygen and that is actually fermentation. So you produce ethanol or alcohol and that obviously is something that we use as a society. We we abuse that kind of situation in brewing and bread making and that sort of thing. And that it happens in the cytoplasm. So the whole whole thing there is like the equation, the purpose of it. It happens in the cytoplasm and you produce less energy, but you produce it quicker. That's the main mm-hmm. sort of the main theme there in terms of anaerobic at GCSE. But then at A-level, obviously, well, you already know the difference between respiration at GCSE and respiration at A-level. It's ridiculously mm-hmm. more complicated. So the important thing to remember about anaerobic respiration is that with no oxygen, there is no final electron acceptor. So last week we talked about oxidative phosphorylation. Part of the oxidative phosphorylation was the electron transfer change. Remember what that was? That was the electrons and they moved through for each of the things and then they lost a bit of energy on the Uh way uh and that was used by the proton to move out of the thing. Excellent, out of the matrix. they joined with the oxygen and made water exactly right so the electrons entered the electron transfer chain 
that had been lost from the reduced NADs and FADs. They absolutely went from electron carrier to electron carrier down a chain, losing energy. That drove the protons through. But the very, very end of that is the oxygen waiting for those electrons to form water along with the protons when they make their way back through. If there's no oxygen, there is no electron transfer chain. The electrons will not enter the chain if there's no oxygen at the end. Mm -hmm. So that means that the whole process stops. With that, then the reduced NADs and FADs never get oxidised at the Christae, so they don't lose their hydrogens. They retain the hydrogens that they've gained and there's no NADs or FADs to go back to past processes and pick up the hydrogens. So your Krebs cycle is also going to stop. There'll be no Krebs cycle and no oxidative phosphorylation because there's no electron transfer chain. So that is kind of the key points that we need to make sure. So there's no mitochondria involved at all. Everything that takes place in the mitochondria stops if there's no oxygen available. So it's all happening in the cytoplasm. And glycolysis, therefore, can still take place. But we don't need the link reaction because we're not going into the mitochondria. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're never, ever doing that. There's two ways that it can happen. So glycolysis will go ahead as normal because you're just breaking down glucose. What's good is there's two different ways it can go depending on the organism. So if you're a plant, some, some plants, and if you're yeast, you will do an alcoholic fermentation. But if you're an animal and some bacteria as well, some microorganisms as well, they will do a non-alcoholic fermentation, which is what I was saying before about the producing lactic acid. There is a resource at teachmescience.co.uk, I don't know if you've pulled it up yet, for episode 61, you will find two diagrams. One is your alcoholic fermentation, one is a non-alcoholic. You've got the process of glycolysis, and then you've got what happens to the pyruvate after each one. Um, so glycolysis is still going to happen? Glycolysis will still happen exactly the same yeah. as it always did. So you break down the glucose, you use 2 ATP to do that, mm. and you make 2 reduced NAD. At the end, you make 4 ATP, but obviously it's net. Remember that? Both processes are exactly the same. You're making your pyruvate. But what happens in your alcoholic fermentation, so remember this is plants and yeast, is the pyruvate gets converted to something called ethanol with the loss of one carbon atom as in the form of carbon dioxide. On the diagram, it's called 2-acetaldehyde. That's ethanol. So we make our ethanol. And then, as you can see in the diagram, we take our reduced NAD, oxidise it so it becomes NAD, and then the ethanol becomes ethanol with the addition of that hydrogen. Okay. Is that okay? So ethanol is not ethanol. No. You weren't just saying it weirdly. No, no. it's ethanol. <laughs> <laughs> it's a di slightly different formula. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the only difference between the two is the addition of the hydrogen, two hydrogens. Okay. So the two hydrogens from the reduced NAD are added to the ethanol and then they're attached and, they, and it becomes ethanol. Okay. So that is yeah. your process. So the step is pyruvate to ethanol with the loss of carbon dioxide and then ethanol two to, hydrogens makes ethanol with the two hydrogens from the reduced nad okay. becomes ethanol that, and that isn't the body that is in a plant and that is, is in plants and yeast 
So obviously the ethanol is alcohol and you can brew beer, whatever you want. Yeah, obviously something that we've used in our society as a way of doing that. People, so us and some bacteria, take a slightly different step. We do not make alcohol in our bodies. That would be dangerous for us, obviously. That would be poisonous. It would be very poisonous and, and possibly lead to lots of issues mm-hmm. in society. Um, we'd all be drunk. <laughs> so instead of making alcohol, we make lactic acid or lactate. Which is also not good for the body. Which is also not good for the body. But it doesn't body muscles. But it doesn't cause us to get drunk, which is good. Again, glycolysis, making pyruvate, and very straightforward. All that happens is the reduced NAD releases its hydrogens, becomes NAD. The hydrogens get attached to the pyruvate and the pyruvate becomes lactate. Okay. Simple. The beauty of this is obviously you need NAD in glycolysis and without it, glycolysis would stop. But the actual fermentation part releases hydrogens from the NAD and makes it. So you can see on the diagram that it's like a cycle. Mm Mm-hmm. We reduce the NAD in glycolysis and then we oxidise it in the fermentation so it can go back to glycolysis and get reduced again and we just keep reusing the same NAD molecules Mm -hmm. to keep the process going. But how does making lactic acid help at all? Because I thought that was a bad thing. It's not that it's helping because we are going to get rid of it. The whole point is those two ATP at the top in the big yellow box, it's about making them as it always was. Yeah. Even in respiration, so, it's about make making lactic acid. So this is this is basically how the body makes lactic acid. Yes. All the time, ever, never makes it any other different way. No. So this is when you're doing something really strenuous. Yes. And you make lactic acid. Yes. Okay. All right. But from making a lactic acid, even though it's bad and it means that you're tired. Yeah. It also means you've made two ATP. Yeah. So the only ATP that is made from anaerobic respiration is the two you make in glycolysis, the two net that yeah. you make in glycolysis every time. Mm-hmm. So remember in aerobic, if we have oxygen, we make 32 per glucose molecule. In anaerobic, you make two, two per glucose molecule. But you've only got to go through glycolysis followed by fermentation, so it's faster. You yeah. make your two quick, 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 every time quick, whereas respiration with oxygen, you've got to go through four steps. So that's anaerobic respiration. And then I just want to talk about another slightly different bit, but it's important for the respiration topic generally. You don't always have to use glucose as the substrate that you're breaking down to make energy. You can also use lipids and proteins. I guess the most obvious example is when you're sort of cutting down your calorie intake because you're trying to lose weight. If you have a calorie deficit, you're going to start using your fat deposits on your body and you're going to start metabolising the fats Mm -hmm. and breaking those down for energy. And then obviously that in turn means that you'll lose body mass. Our bodies do this all the time when we don't get enough energy from food or we use it up more and we don't replace it. Mm -hmm. Of course, remember also then protein metabolism can happen. So when you don't have those fat deposits that you can use or there's less and less of them, you'll start using your protein So you'll start breaking down muscle fibres and things like that. Let's go through those processes so that everybody knows how that works. So do you remember what lipids are made of from our lipid episode? No. No. Lipids are made of fatty acids, so three fatty acids and a glycerol. And a glycerol. And both of those things separately 
can enter the respiration process at different stages. Glycerol, if you phosphorylate it, phosphorylation, add a phosphate molecule. If you get glycerol and you phosphorylate it, it becomes triose phosphate. Triose phosphate is one of the stages of glycolysis before it turns into pyruvate. So if you go back to glycolysis and you look at that process, it's glycolysis, glucose phosphate, glucose biphosphate, and then triose phosphate, and then it goes into pyruvate. Phosphorylated glycerol can become or can be converted into triose phosphate. That will enter the glycolysis phase. The process can will carry on. Mm-hmm. Fatty acids are broken down into two carbon pieces and two carbons or two carbon molecule that is used in respiration is acetylcoenzyme A. Do you remember in the link reaction, you lose a carbon from your pyruvate, it becomes two carbon uh, acetate and then it becomes acetyl. Yeah. Yeah. So fatty acids are broken down into two carbon pieces. They get converted into acetylcoenzyme A and then they enter the Krebs cycle as normal. Mm Mm-hmm. That is a different way of using something slightly different to still make energy. You'll actually make twice as much ATP for the same mass of carbohydrate as you would for the same mass of lipid. Also, you can oxidise lipids straight up and just create those two carbon fragments and lots of hydrogen atoms. So if you've got lots of hydrogen, then that can be used straight away in oxidative phosphorylation and lots of two carbon fragments, as we know, can be converted into acetyl coenzyme A. Because you can do those three different things with lipids, you're going to make more ATP than you would with the same mass of glucose. So it generally is a way of making lots of energy. Proteins as well. So we can use protein as a way of making energy. Remember, proteins are made of amino acids. So we hydrolyze the protein down to its monomer, amino acid. And then what will happen with the amino acids is we remove the amino group So that's the NH2 that is part of the amino acid. Remove that. And then what you've got left will, depending on how many carbons it contains, can enter respiration at maybe different stages. So if it's four or five carbon, it can enter the Krebs cycle. Because remember, you've got a six carbon, a five carbon and a four carbon intermediate all the way around the Krebs cycle. So it can just become that intermediate substrate and then just continue the Krebs cycle all the way around and make your energy so that's the whole thing there oh can I just say as well just going back to anaerobic respiration we know when you make the lactate when you get more oxygen back to the muscles that will be converted back to pyruvate so you can continue aerobic respiration straight away when there's lots Mm -hmm. of oxygen there so that's really the end of respiration there we've done all our respiration episodes I'm quite proud of us yeah, and we did it all over the summer as well. Yeah. So, so is this always the first topic that you have when you go back in well, there's actually, the day two? It is actually the topic I teach first. There's some debate about it, like who teaches photosynthesis first and who teaches respiration first and oh, why and this and that and the other. And I think majority of people prefer to teach photosynthesis first, but okay. I like to teach respiration first. I just prefer it as a process. Mm-hmm. Okay, so should we do some questions? Yeah. There's no resources for this. It is just straight up questions. So question one has two parts. Give two ways in which anaerobic respiration of glucose in yeast is similar to anaerobic respiration of glucose in muscle. So in people. 
Could you say that they it's happens glycolysis? Yeah, so glycolysis is involved in both. That's one mark. Could you say something about it using pyruvate? Yep, so it, a pyruvate is used, formed, reduced every time. Yep, produced uh, every time. Well done. You could say something like fermentation? Well, uh, you could say... I guess they are both... They're both you types could of fermentation, say they both yeah. Make an NA two ADs. Exactly. NADs. Yes. Well um, done. They both make two ATPs. Do you know what? They are all the four marking <laughs> points straight away. So ATP formed or used, pyruvate formed or produced, NAD or reduced NAD is used, and glycolysis involved. Okay. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Right. Next part of that question. Give two ways in which anaerobic respiration of glucose in yeast is different from anaerobic respiration of glucose in a muscle cell. One of them makes lactic acid and the other one makes ethanol. Yes. One of them makes carbon dioxide. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is, there's two marking points on the mark scheme. You've just reeled off both. I mean, fairly well, looking at the diagrams, fair enough, but, like... Got the diagram here. Yeah. Well done. So, ethanol is produced by yeast, but lactate is produced by muscles, and CO2 is produced by yeast, but not by muscles. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well done. So, question two is three marks. Without oxygen, less ATP is produced by respiration. Explain why. Because the whole process stops. Glycolysis can still happen, but the rest of it can't happen. Okay, so one mark for saying only glycolysis takes place. Be more specific about the other things. So, so what is oxygen? Oxygen is the the oh, the, the connector or something. The like final that. oxygen, the final electron carrier acceptor or yes. carrier. Okay, so oxygen is the terminal acceptor or the final electron acceptor. Without that, there's no what. What do the electrons not do? They don't move through the carriers. Yeah, exactly. Push the protons out. Exactly, yeah. So oxygen is a terminal acceptor. Without that, there's no electron transfer chain or there's no proton transfer or there's no oxidative phosphorylation. So that's two separate marking points. The key thing is that stage produces most of the ATP, doesn't it? Yeah. So without that, you're only producing two. two. You're not going to have your Krebs cycle either, which is another two. All right. Mm-hmm. So only glycolysis takes place. Pyruvate is used to make lactate. You only produce two ATP molecules per glucose molecule. Question three. Human skeletal muscle can respire both aerobically and anaerobically. Describe what happens to pyruvate in anaerobic conditions and explain why anaerobic respiration is advantageous to human skeletal muscle. Pyruvate doesn't move on to the link reaction yep. in anaerobic. That's right. It takes two hydrogens. Yep. So the pyruvate uses hydrogen from... The NAD. From NAD, from a reduced NAD. And makes the lactic acid instead of going to link reaction. Excellent. And why is that a good thing? Why is it good that it uses the hydrogens from the reduced NAD? We're making more something to stop glycolysis again. Yeah, so we take the hydrogens away from the reduced NAD, we're just left with NAD, NAD. which can then go back into glycolysis. Yeah. So one mark for forms lactate or lactic acid. One mark for uses 
reduced NAD, regenerates NAD, mm -hmm. and the NAD can be reused in, in glycolysis. glycolysis. And then, of course, the most important part of that, you're still going to make ATP. Excellent. Right, shall I do the roundup? If oxygen is in short supply or absent completely, then aerobic respiration cannot take place as there is no oxygen to act as the final or terminal electron acceptor. This means the electrons cannot move down the electron transfer chain and the coenzymes reduced NAD and reduced FAD will not be oxidised, so will not be available to go back to the previous stages to become reduced as they are all used up. This means the Krebs cycle an oxidative phosphorylation stops completely. However, it is possible to still make a small amount of ATP via glycolysis and anaerobic respiration. In the cytoplasm, glycolysis continues, producing two net ATP molecules and pyruvate. In plants and yeast, the pyruvate will then go through alcoholic fermentation, releasing carbon dioxide to produce ethanol, and then that converts to ethanol by oxidising reduced NAD to NAD. In animals and in some bacteria, the pyruvate is converted to lactate or lactic acid by also oxidising reduced NAD to NAD. The lactate must be removed as this causes muscle fatigue and is converted back to pyruvate when oxygen becomes available again. These two separate processes continue as the oxidised NAD can be used in glycolysis to keep the reactions going and produce ATP. It is important to remember that the only ATP molecules made in anaerobic respiration is the two net made in glycolysis, compared to the 32 in aerobic respiration per glucose molecule. It is possible for both lipids and proteins to enter cellular aerobic respiration at different stages in order to release energy when glucose is in short supply. Lipids are at first hydrolyzed to glycerol and fatty acids. The glycerol is phosphorylated into triose phosphate, which can then be used in glycolysis and the rest of the stages can continue. The fatty acids can be broken down into two carbon molecules and converted to acetyl coenzyme A. This can now enter the Krebs cycle. Oxidation of lipids produces two carbon fragments and hydrogen atoms which can be used in oxidative phosphorylation. Due to this, lipids release more than double the energy of the same mass of carbohydrate or glucose. Proteins are hydrolyzed into amino acids, which then have the amino group removed. If the remaining molecule contains three carbons, it can be converted to pyruvate. If it contains four or five carbons, it can enter the Krebs cycle at the relevant stages. Got any takeaways? My takeaways are anaerobic respiration happens during glycolysis. Humans, beings, and mussels makes lactic acid. Two ATPs are still made. Yep. And it happens quickly. Yep. Okay, that was well do. done. Excellent. Okay, so the wider reading, because it's... The 1st of September on Thursday, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it will yeah, so be a, brand a new different month. one, yeah. Another book, so another book this time. And I'm just going to throw in a slightly different book, but it's one that's worth a read, okay? So it's called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. The author is Oliver Sacks, and it is stories told by a neurologist as he's dealing with patients. So it's stories of the patients that he's dealt with as a neurologist. Does that make sense? Sounds like an episode of Grey's. Yeah. 
it's the sort of book that I think we're kind of at the point where right now listening to Respiration, you've just probably just started A2 or you've just started Year 13. And it's the kind of book that you would read as just a an interesting, especially if you're thinking of applying for medical school, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. at this stage okay. and just thinking well okay I'll have a little read of a few books like this and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. it's it's a very very interesting book a very interesting book so give that a go if you'd like to contact us you can go to teachmescience.co.uk you can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com we have twitter and that is at teachmebiocast and on instagram we are at teachmebiologycast you can also, if you would like to, you can buy us a coffee and that is at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. Yeah, it's all on the website, Teach Me Science. Oh yeah, it's all so on there. There's all links there for all those things. Yeah, so get in touch if you've got any great revision, if you have any questions, if you have any corrections, if you're unsure about anything, any other questions, anything at all, just get in touch and we'll get back to you. Was that the bell? Yeah, that was the bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it nice to be home? It is nice. We're back in the small cupboard. We're back in the small cupboard. Does it feel bigger? No. <laughs> <laughs> feels the same. Feels the same. In fact, it feels more tighter to me. Do you think? Yeah. You're getting claustro. Yeah, getting a little bit claustro. <laughs> you know oh, what's well. funny about being in this small cupboard? Is that when you come out of a small cupboard, it's freezing. Because you get so much heat in the small cupboard from sitting in there for ages. Yeah, yeah. And then you walk out and it's freezing. Yeah, plus there's like how many bulbs over there? Yeah, like these nine hot bulbs. bulbs getting hot. Are they hot? No. No. Okay. They're like a bit warm. Lies. A little bit warm. Just told some lies there. They're not hot. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I'm going to try and get this episode out on time. That might not happen. But normally it goes out on Thursday. So I'm going to do my best, but it might be late. Yeah. My name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology, and you'll hear us next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.